You're listening to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast, your ultimate guide to total transformation. I'm your host, Adrian Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create and live their dream life. And the best part is, you only need one thing to start, your mind. So join me here every Wednesday on this transformative journey to master your mindset and unlock your greatest potential. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast. My name is Adrian Finch and I'm your host and this is episode number 60. We are talking all about why practice makes progress and not perfection. Progress, not perfection. That's what we want to focus on today. In my last episode, which was my 10 steps to start a successful online business in 2020, I mentioned that the best way to improve your business is to launch your business. And the point I was trying to make with that is that there are a lot of times that we as human beings really want to think things out and plan and plan and plan. We want to make sure our plan is perfect and foolproof before executing, right? And that totally makes sense. Like we care about what we put out there. We care what others think. We want it to be good. And those are all good things in theory. But we tend sometimes to get stuck overthinking and striving for this kind of perfection that simply doesn't exist. And I know I've caught myself doing that before in the past. And it can be really detrimental. Um, So this all really got me thinking just about perfectionism. Like just the word perfect. Just thinking about what does that even mean? What is perfect? And why do we want to be that? And does this exist? And how is this affecting us? I've always strayed away from using that word because I feel like perfection is unattainable. And it's an unhealthy goal to strive for, honestly. Because at the end of the day, Nothing in life is ever perfect. Perfect literally doesn't exist. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode. My good friend said a quote to me the other day that really stuck out to me and I can't stop saying it and thinking about it. And he said, practice makes progress not perfect. I'm sure this quote has existed for years. I'm sure a lot of people say it. For some reason, I've never heard it. Um, I have thought about perfectionism for a long time and the fact that I don't believe that perfect exists, but I just loved the way that this quote kind of sounds. Um, And I think the reason why I love this phrase so much is because I'm always talking about how important taking small steps consistently is and how you know small consistent steps towards a greater goal is the best way to not only like build new habits and healthy habits and kind of trick your brain into doing things that are hard or doing things you know you need to or should do but just that you can't quite bring yourself to do right so consistency just little pieces at a time every single day consistently is how you build that Um, and also little pieces consistently is how you make immense progress on your bigger long-term goals. So all of that progress every single day accumulates into like a massive amount of progress. And I realized that when it comes to progressing or starting a business or learning a skill or basically wanting to become the best at anything, the thing that matters most is repetition, practice, right? More so than even raw talent, more so than having money and resources and free time, like repetition and practice trumps all of that. As humans, we are able to adapt and learn. We are literally wired to do that. So when we practice something, we're putting in those reps, our minds and our bodies adjust and progress. So therefore, practice makes progress. And whether you've reached your end goal, as in, you know, you've progressed all the way, or whether you've taken one step on your journey, that's still progress. 
Now, perfection is, it seems like it's a milestone that we want to reach or that some people want to reach or that some people think we want to reach, right? But never really can. And why is that? Why can we not reach perfection? Well, when it comes to human happiness and what we think we need in order to be happy, we're often wrong. And I've talked about this a little bit before. I learned a lot about human happiness in my Science of Wellbeing course um, online, uh, this Yale course, uh, which I recommend, by the way. Um, But we think we want all these things and we think we know what truly will boost our happiness, but we're oftentimes wrong. And so part of the reason that, you know, we strive for something like perfect or we strive for more and more and more um, and why sometimes you see celebrities or billionaires still being unhappy and you're probably questioning like how the heck are they unhappy like their life is perfect they have it all right that's what we think at least it's kind of this illusion and honestly perfection is an illusion Uh, but the reason why we think that and we strive for that is because we all have these reference points of happiness Um, And I want to give you an example. There's this famous, famous photo of a gold, silver, and bronze medalist standing on the podium at the Olympics. And I totally forget who it was. Might have been swimmers, Michael Phelps. I don't remember. Um, But the photo is famous because of how happy or not happy each of the three look in the photo. So the gold medalist, you would think, looks the happiest, right? Naturally, he's the winner. That's the top honor you could possibly be awarded. And he won it. He is the gold freaking medalist, right? Now, who would we think is the second happiest? Well, I would personally think the second place winner. Like, that's intuitively what I would think, second place. Um, But that's actually incorrect. In fact, in this photo, the second place winner looks very unhappy. And that sounds crazy to us, right? Like, out of all people in the whole country, he made it onto the Olympic team. And out of all people in the whole Olympic team, he made it onto the podium, you know, out of first, second, and third, he made second place. Second place in the world. And yet he looks upset. How is that freaking possible? Well, that's because his reference point, so his happiness reference point was that gold medal. He was aiming for gold because he knew he could attain gold. He knew he had the skill and the training. He knew he could attain it and he ended up falling short. Getting silver was falling short of something that was his reference point of if I get gold, I'll be happy. I know how to hit gold. I will hit gold, right? And he got silver, so he fell short. Now, this is all going to make sense because, of course, you should strive for, you know, achieving the top goals. Um, but that's not the point, And I'll let you know what it is. <laughs> so now let's think about the bronze medalist. So or the bronze medalist. Now, he's beaming. He is absolutely beaming, grinning ear to ear. In fact, he might actually be the happiest person on the podium or maybe even in the planet. <laughs> and why is that? Why is the third place, so last on the podium, the happiest? Well, that's because this bronze medalist, his reference point, his like, you know, what he strives for, for happiness and for a goal was lower than both the silver and the gold medalist. This guy was not expecting to walk away with a medal at all. Maybe it was kind of an underdog story or situation, if you will. Um, So for him, getting on the podium at all was the most exciting thing. He was so grateful to even be standing there, right? So because his reference point was lower, his happiness was higher than someone who actually won a better award because his reference point 
um, or what he thinks that he needed to achieve in order for him to be happier, to be satisfied and fulfilled was higher. So if that all sounds, you know, that's a lot to kind of take in, but we all have these reference points. You could say another example about kind of um, income levels. Uh, Studies say that you know, your happiness increases significantly from like zero to $75,000 salary, let's say. Um, You know, each incremental increase in salary does make you happier. But then they say that $75,000 and above pretty much plateaus. Your happiness pretty much stays the same. So you're not going to be much happier making $400,000 a year than seventy-five. dollars And again, our human nature is to think, no, that's not true. Like if I was a millionaire, I'd be so happy because money wouldn't be a problem and this and that. But above needing to pay for your basic needs, having a higher salary truly based on, you know, scientific research and study does not increase your happiness. So I think that's so interesting, especially when we're thinking, when we're comparing and we're thinking of celebrities and, you know, the wealthy and all these, and even just day-to-day friends and other people that we compare ourselves to, we create this reference point that's sometimes unhealthy or, you know, when I say reference point, I don't mean goal. I don't mean like, oh, you have a goal that's that's unattainable or too high. That's not what I'm talking about. It's your reference point of what are you used to? For me, my life is great. Like my life is cushy. I'm not the richest person in the world, but I'm doing fine, right? But to me, so to me, like my problems are so relative in comparison to Someone who is living on the street and doesn't have the money or resources to, you know, have fresh water and to have food on their table every night. So for them to even live in a dorm room with six people where there's a blanket and a bed is like the happiest moment of their freaking lives, right? But then you try to picture someone like, I don't know, Kylie Jenner staying in that same dorm room and she would be like super unhappy because her reference point what she's used to and what she expects is a lot higher okay so enough about that that uh analogy I'm so sorry I wanted to explain a little bit more thoroughly because some of these are hard to kind of wrap your head around it helps to have multiple examples so back to why perfection is a milestone that we can never hit well it's because our reference point will always just get higher and higher and higher as we progress as we succeed as we achieve certain goals we always have next goals right we always have these higher reference points so five years ago if you asked me like if you told me five years ago that I would have a successful YouTube channel with hundreds of thousands of followers and you know that I'm living my dream life working when I want where I want I would have been ecstatic like oh my god I would have thought there's no way oh my god I'm gonna be living the life I'm gonna have no problems everything's gonna be amazing right and like don't get me wrong I freaking love my life I'm so happy I you know wouldn't change a thing but that does not mean that there are not problems there are daily struggles the problems just change and now the goals change as well like now that I've hit that goal that I never even thought possible I have higher goals but the whole you know, idea and what I strive for is to never let having greater goals discredit where I'm at now or, you know, allow me to not be grateful for the fact that, hey, I got somewhere where five years ago, Adrian would be like, good freaking job, girl. That's all I want in in life, right? So our reference point and our goals and our, you know, what we strive for will always just become more and more and higher and higher and higher. And therefore, we will never actually reach the top. 
right? Because it'll never end. It'll, there will always be more. There's never a point when it's like, okay, I'm good. I have literally everything. I have no problems. Everything's amazing, right? That does not exist. We think that does. We think, oh, Kylie Jenner, everything's great. But no, that's not how it works. Mo money, more problems. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but that's why it's important for us to understand this, to understand what our reference points are. And even if we want to go so far as to learn kind of the science of human happiness and what actually makes uh, – humans happy versus what we think, then I highly do recommend taking that Yale course. It's online, the science of well-being, if you want to dig more into that. But it's important for us to understand this whole concept, not so that we can lower our standards or our goals, but so that we aren't constantly in this state of dissatisfaction of like needing more and therefore not being, you know, happy or satisfied with where you're at. We want to live a balance between acknowledging and being grateful for this current moment, how far we've come, the progress we've made, and still wanting to improve and wanting to be better and wanting to climb to the next level. Both are necessary and both are okay. So now in the rest of the episode, we're going to talk about why we should focus on progress over perfection and what perfection is, like what causes us to strive for it and strategies for overcoming this desire to be perfect, right? Because perfect does not exist. Though you are cool, though you are smart and you are beautiful, you're not perfect. Hate to break it to you. Nobody is. <laughs> so what is perfectionism? What is it? Also, I want to give a quick shout out to Psychology Today. <laughs> not sponsored. I just want to say um, today's episode, a lot of the research and stats that I'm kind of drawing from come from Psychology Today. And people ask sometimes like where I learn certain information. And I feel like I'm pretty good about referencing books I read and podcasts I listen to because that's the majority of kind of what sparks my interest in like talking about these types of strategies and just different things um but sometimes I also read articles and sometimes my psychologist parents teach me things but majority of today's episode on the research front comes from psychology today and everything that's not like stats and research is straight from monogamy. <laughs> so anyway okay so what is perfectionism perfectionism is a personality trait characterized by a person striving for flawlessness and setting high performance standards accompanied sometimes by critical self-evaluations and concerns regarding others' evaluations, like of yourself. So we're talking, I'm going to keep saying the word perfectionism, which is like a personality trait, but I just want to emphasize that there is a spectrum here. Like, you know, I would, I don't like having this label of like, oh, you, you're a perfectionist. Like people do say that about themselves, but here we're just talking about, you know, the desire ever to feel the need to be perfect or to want other people to approve of you and think, you know, that you are flawless basically. Um, so that's perfectionism. And when healthy, like I said, there's a spectrum. So when healthy, when it's healthy perfectionism, it can be really self-motivating and it can drive you to overcome adversity and to achieve success. Like, Honestly, it can be, it's like having a growth mindset, like, you know, wanting to get to that next level, but in a healthy, good way. But like I said, there's a spectrum. So striving for perfect can also be extremely unhealthy and detrimental to your happiness and your success. And that's what we're going to uncover and learn to overcome today. So what makes extreme perfectionism, so kind of that unhealthy side, so toxic is that while you know, those people are desiring success, which is a good thing. You should, you should crave and desire success. When you're being a perfectionist, you're most focused on avoiding failure. And, and that results in a very negative orientation. Cause as I say all the time, fail hard, fail often. Failure is our friend. Like 
we have to fail in order to grow and learn and get to the right place. Like in order to improve, you got to fail to know what doesn't work, right? So in this kind of perfectionist state of mind, we're focused on avoiding failure and that's tough and that's not good for you. Another thing is, you know, people that exhibit kind of perfectionist traits expect others' affection and approval to be dependent on flawless performance. So like they expect that other people will approve of them and love them and care about them if they're flawless. Like I need to be perfect and that's how I'm going to be loved. And that's a huge component of kind of this whole perfection thing. Like this whole desire to be perfect is that, and I'm sure like every one of us has experienced this at some point, is this desire to feel wanted. A desire to feel loved and to feel significant, to feel like we matter. Because that's important. It really is. And I there's actually more on that in a little bit. But the point is it becomes a problem when we believe that the only way to have that love and that significance and to matter is to be a flawless human being. Because that's just not realistic. Maybe Beyonce when she wakes up flawless. But nah, Beyonce is not perfect either. Nobody is. Okay? So... More on that in a little bit. But what causes perfectionism? Like if you're someone who's sitting there right now thinking, you know what, yes, there have been times, maybe a couple, maybe all the time, you know, there's a spectrum. But there have been times when I've definitely thought these things. Like I have wanted to win the approval of others and I have thought that if I change myself and if I improve and become, you know, this ideal version that I think they want, then they'll want me. And if you're sitting there thinking that might be you, then it's interesting to think and important to think about where this could be coming from, getting to the root. We're always trying to get to the root of why we're like something, not just the strategies for how to overcome it, but understanding where it's coming from or potentially coming from because that's the most effective way to actually overcome it. So what causes perfectionism? Well, many different things, first of all. Perfectionism itself is not a mental illness, but extreme forms of the trade can definitely cause a lot of distress in other aspects of your headspace and it actually can cause and lead to a lot of mental illness so we're obviously not talking about the most extreme cases here I think we're just talking about sort of this unrealistic you know desire to attain perfection that doesn't exist um and so perfectionism is driven a lot of times and honestly primarily by internal pressures so those would be things like the desire to avoid failure like we said or the desire to avoid harsh judgment or critique from others. Um, so those are the internal kind of social or internal pressures within you. There's also likely a social component as well. Uh, and they think this because striving for perfection has apparently increased substantially among young people in the past 30 years. And I can't help but think that partially has to do with technology and social media. There's this whole comparison game going on, right? Um, they say that sometimes academic and professional competition is thought to play a role in this along with, like I just said, the pervasive presence of social media and the harmful social comparisons that it elicits, which I can tell you firsthand happens way too often. And, you know, it's really important to pay attention to triggers like that, social media and, you know, unhealthy comparing, which I've also talked a lot about on the podcast. So, what are signs, like what are the signs that someone could be a perfectionist or could exhibit these kind of perfectionistic tendencies? Or maybe, you know, you're reflecting on yourself right now and asking yourself, is this me? Well, one thing is that perfectionists often set unrealistically high expectations for themselves and others. 
So again, goal setting is one thing. Striving for, you know, to achieve something that you want to achieve and pushing and repeating and practicing to get there is completely healthy and that's completely one thing. But setting unrealistically high expectations like I can never get anything wrong, I have to be right all the time, things like that um, for themselves and others is definitely a sign of, you know, perfectionism and, and in an unhealthy way. And oftentimes, you know, you or someone else, if you are exhibiting these behaviors, are also quick to find fault in both yourself and others. And you're overly critical of mistakes. You know, you're not taking these mistakes as learning opportunities. You're beating yourself up. You're talking negatively to yourself. You're not really, you know, allowing yourself to make these mistakes. So like I mentioned in the definition of perfectionism, um, it can kind of sway us in this negative direction. We're focusing on the lack, what we don't have, what we fail to do, rather than the progress and what we do have and the steps that we're taking to reach our goals. And I also found it interesting that perfectionists often procrastinate a project. Like <laughs> that's one of the characteristics is procrastination of projects or you know businesses or things that they want to do out of their fear of failure. And God, this is all just so relevant. I I can see this all unfolding in front of me, just the way that so many people's minds work. And I hear things every day. I hear comments every single day about, you know, oh, I really want to make a podcast, but I think, I, you know, I, I don't know who would want to listen to me, so I'm not going to do it, right? And it's like, I get that. I get it. People get in their own way. In fact, most of the time, the only person or thing getting in your way is you. And I would bet that most of us have had at least one experience of this, of kind of not starting something out of the fear that it would fail or that people would judge you or that it wouldn't work. And I know I have back in, you know, a while ago. I've been working on this for a really long time. And it's natural. And we can overcome it, though. Other signs of perfection, um, shrugging off compliments. Like, you know, I, I used to date someone who had the hardest time accepting compliments. He was like, no, like, that's wrong. I'm... I. I don't deserve that compliment. I could have done better. And that is what I would, you know, have described as uh, the unhealthy side of a growth mindset. And now that I'm learning about perfectionism and what that is, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he definitely, you know, that's definitely a trait that he has. Um, And so, you know, people often shrug off compliments and also forget to or deliberately don't celebrate their success. Uh, And basically that's because like their own approval isn't enough and they don't even approve of themselves but and instead they look to other people specific people in their lives for approval and validation so there are a couple different kinds of perfectionism and we don't need to you know dwell on this but I do just want to mention the different kinds because it can kind of manifest itself in different ways and maybe you can reflect and kind of see if and when any of these are applicable to you so the first one is self-oriented perfectionism and that means imposing an unrealistic desire to be perfect on oneself so You want to be perfect. You have this desire to be perfect. You want to view yourself as perfect. The next one is other-oriented perfectionism. And that means imposing unrealistic standards of perfection on others. So you think that other people need to be better and perfect for you to approve them. And therefore kind of, you know, you project that onto yourself. And you therefore believe that they, you know, for them to approve of you, you also have to be perfect. And then the third one is socially prescribed perfectionism. And that involves perceiving unrealistic expectations of perfection from others. So now back to this idea that we as humans kind of want to feel like we matter, right? Because this is, I think, a huge 
part of where this comes from. This is a major root of all of this. This really gets to the root of what we actually desire, which is the mattering itself, not being perfect, right? We want to matter. And we just falsely think that being perfect is what will lead us to mattering, but it won't. It won't. So we all need and want to feel loved and significant and that we matter, right? Mattering is a universal human need. And to matter to others is to feel seen and heard and understood and valued for what we do or say. Mattering is the feeling that people are paying attention to us and they're depending on us. They're taking interest. They're caring, you know, about what we think and what we do and who we are. And they like us and they care about what happens to us. And I think every human possesses a strong need and a strong want to be acknowledged and to be appreciated. It's in our nature. And I think that mattering to others, so so being acknowledged, being appreciated by others, is a fundamental thing in building a healthy and resilient self and also in protecting yourself against failures and setbacks, right? Essentially, as this article on Psychology Today put it, mattering to others is essential for a meaningful life. So we have this need to matter, right? This desire to matter, and everyone does, um, perfectionist or not. But when perfectionists don't get the approval and that affection from others, you know, even once, twice, or they feel like they're not getting it, they perceive themselves to be deficient in the eyes of others. And they're likely to internalize that feeling and, you know, of not mattering. And it ends up turning into a lot of negative self-talk and not approving of yourself. And it's kind of this vicious negative cycle. But fortunately, there are ways in which we can instill this sense of mattering in ourselves and others. Um, So if you feel this way ever... Here's how to overcome that. Number one, pay attention to what matters the most, right? So again, our brains tend to trick us and think that, oh, this will make us happy. I need to be perfect. That's how someone's going to like me. But we should strive to form meaningful and authentic relationships with others, not contingent upon achievements and meeting others' expectations, right? If someone is only going to approve of you, because you achieved something or you went to some school or you come from this family or you make good money, maybe that's not the type of healthy relationship you'd want anyway, right? Like a friendship, a relationship, human beings should not be contingent upon someone's success. So pay attention to what matters and then surround yourself with people who are, you know, aligned in values and who appreciate you not for the things you've done and, and, you know, achieved and what you have. We basically must recognize that our lives are not measured by what we accomplish, but rather how we impact others. And I say that all the time. Impact is so important. So pay attention to what matters most. Surround yourself with good people. Number two, actively take interest and acknowledge and listen and show others that they matter. Because Again, like I've talked about before on this show, there's this whole mirror effect. You want to perceive others the same way that you want to be perceived. So if you're putting out there into the universe that you're judging people, you know, based on what they have or haven't achieved and like their flaws, you know, oh, they have flaws. So like I'm going to judge them and I don't know if I want to be friends with them. That's how others are going to perceive you. You're not asking for, you know, you can't ask for them to treat you one way and you to treat them another way. That's like breaking the golden rule, which is like the first rule we ever learn as children. Um, so if you take interest and you acknowledge people and you show others that they matter and not for their achievements or their money or what they have, then it's likely that they'll reciprocate that and they'll also show you that you matter. 
Number three, touch the lives of others. So this is another thing. I'm like slurring my words because it's so late at night and I like can't speak. I'm so sorry. Anyway, number three. So touching the lives of others. This is another thing we talked about in the Yale course, which was um, how, you know, one of the things that does really boost our happiness levels is us doing random acts of kindness. So us actually like helping other people or making other people feel good. So if we're reaching out and being kind and making others feel worthy and valued, we're creating a meaningful life for ourselves and one that's worth living and we're actually bumping up our own happiness by doing so. So keep that in mind. And then lastly, how can you overcome, you know, this feeling of wanting to be perfect as it pertains not just to mattering to others, but just in general? So the first thing that's super, super important, and I have definitely touched on this in episodes specifically, is comparison and letting go of the comparison mindset. Having a comparison mindset can be healthy in certain ways, but I think a lot of the people who achieve at a very high level are letting go of this comparison mindset. They're just doing them and they're not letting it get to them if someone else has achieved more or achieved less. They're not you know, being beholden to some totally perfect ideal that's like impossible. Um, And you can do this by practicing mindfulness and being present in the moment and using compassionate self-talk and challenging negative self-judgments. That's the biggest one is recognize when you are talking negatively to yourself and stop yourself, right? Like actually stop yourself from doing that. Today, actually, I was painting. I got some paint by numbers and I was painting in the dining room with my roommate Mallory And I was talking about something. I think I was talking about how I call my calves like chicken drumsticks because I have like very big calf muscles. And you know how just legs are shaped differently and some people just have like skinny calves or even if they're muscular, their their calf muscles just like leaner and some are more bulky. Mine's more bulky. But I don't think that's a bad thing literally at all. Like it's awesome. I I like the shape of it and I have good muscles. So I go, yeah, it's like my chicken drumstick calves like, you know, they're big and pop out which is really cool. I said that and Mallory was like started laughing and she's kind of like, okay, like what? And I'm like, sorry, I I just realized like, I just, I try to practice like positive self-talk and hype myself up. And she was like, wait, that's actually really cool. And I was like, yeah, it's become kind of subconscious. I didn't even like think to say that. I just genuinely believe that now. Like I genuinely love my calves. Anyway, that was a side note. Um, But yeah, like challenging negative self-judgments, that'll really help you Uh, let go of the comparison mindset same with you know doing a social media cleanse or just unfollowing things that don't make you feel good and you know turning off the news every once in a while if that doesn't make you feel good again I have a whole entire episode about how to not compare yourself to others so check that out if you want Um, but the key just is to realize that you know any endeavor that you go on any project any journey is worthwhile even when it's not perfect because it's never going to be and that's just the freaking truth so you guys With that, we have reached the conclusion of today's episode. I've been making the episodes a little bit closer to around the 30-minute mark, 35-minute mark. Let me know what you guys think about this. Um, Give me a comment over on Instagram or DM me. You can always email me too. The address is in the show notes. Uh, But let me know what you think. I've liked these 30-minute episodes because they're long enough where I can talk about substantial things and give you guys enough actionable, you know, takeaways but I don't feel like they drag out forever I feel like you know it's a perfect little tidbit um hopefully soon I can also start implementing like multiple episodes a week because I just have a really hard time personally sitting through unless I'm driving but obviously quarantine life we're not really driving much I have a harder time sitting through longer episodes because I just 
um, usually have a lot of things to do. So unless I'm driving for an hour, it's tough for me to listen to an hour-long podcast. So let me know what you guys think. But I've liked these kind of slightly shorter episodes around the 30 to 40-minute mark. I also haven't had guests on in such a long time. It's been very hard just with quarantine and setting up Zoom calls and technology. And I mean, that's kind of an excuse. It it actually isn't that hard. It's just been tough to kind of coordinate with people's schedules. And a lot of the people that I've wanted on the show um, have just been busy figuring out their own lives, which I totally understand. It's a very, very weird time. So I do have a few really fun guests coming up, including my mother, who's a psychologist, and she's just funny. And I think it, you know, we're going to talk about the, the uh, power of positivity. So that'll be a fun episode. So I do have guests coming, which will be really, really sweet. But that does conclude today's episode. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening. As always, you can find all the details and social handles in the show notes below. I appreciate you guys so, so freaking much. Every comment, every DM, it matters so much to me. It validates why I'm doing this every single day. It's for you guys. It's to create an impact. It's to share the knowledge and the journey that I've had with you. And I so appreciate you and congratulate you for taking this step in your own life. So with all that being said, I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.